fun-filled episode of For Your Distraction. This is a big one, Scott. This is a this is a one we talked about we were gonna do. We've been kind of finding time to plan. This one you had to plan out. Surprise. Yeah. It's like a what we say a special edition. Yeah, special it's not, edition. It's not typical of us to do something like this. It's like we're real journalists, Adam. Yeah, I, we're not. I mean, but it's no, like we're not. Like, but I feel like it. I love playing make believe, and that's what I want to do today. I want to play make believe as a journalist. We teased it for you in the last episode. Um, we let you know ahead of time what we're going to be doing. So let me introduce him. We are joined by Edward DeSantis, who has entered the race to run as or to run for Congress. He's entered, entered the political race. Well, I was going to say good morning because I'm drinking coffee, but uh, I guess it's evening, isn't it? I guess so. It's Who knows? It's I mean, to snow. <laughs> a, little, a little snow's coming down out there. The, uh, the, the, time, the time of day tends to, to run together a little bit often, I guess. But yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, it's good to meet you finally. I uh, You were in the Movie Guys podcast. I was. I was a big fan, so I know your voice. I appreciate that. But now placing the face. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully it doesn't yeah. disappoint. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely doesn't disappoint at all. So you are running for Congress. I am. I uh, am. Where are you running specifically? So the PA, the Pennsylvania 16th District um, is Erie County, Crawford County, Mercer County, Lawrence County, and the western half of Butler County. So it's a pretty big district. Um, it, was re- it was redrawn from the gerrymandered previous PA 3rd, which was never, ever, yeah. ever going to have any Democrat <laughs> elected for a long time. So... Uh, obviously, as we know, the courts the courts it's changed still that. not perfect exactly, but exactly. it's a heck of a lot better than the third. That's yes, for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. Now I've known you now for a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been it's been a while. I knew you even before my podcasting yep. days, mm-hmm. um, and I know even in those days you had always talked about the potential to you know get involved in mm-hmm. a political lifestyle and. Honestly, we were, you know, just kind of hanging out. So I don't know if you're just blowing smoke up my ass or just talking or whatever. I don't know what you were, if you were really going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you text me one night saying that you were getting involved. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like what made you, what was the tipping point that kind of set you over that you wanted to uh, jump in the race? Have you met Mike Kelly? No, I have not met Mike <laughs> no, Kelly. I have. <laughs> um, look, uh, let's be honest. I mean, the thing that made me have to get involved, not want to have to get involved is Donald Trump is absolutely terrible. And Mike Kelly, you get is, no arguments here. You know, and Mike Kelly is his shoe shine boy. And I'm going to call it out. Just, I'm just going to call it that way. It's just a fact. The, I don't think even Mike Kelly would argue with you on that one. <laughs> no, I mean, if you, if you, if you looked at his, his, his Twitter feed in the last, two years you know all it is is how much he loves donald trump nothing you know nothing to benefit western pennsylvania one bit and i mean we, you can argue conservative policies liberal policies one way or the other but at the if at the end of the day your goal is to benefit your constituencies then go for it but the number one thing i'll say that made me have to get into to go against mike kelly was the kelly kickback okay for those who aren't familiar with it, um, people who own car dealerships most of the time, not just car dealerships, but planes, RV dealerships, places like that, they have their new inventory on loans. It's oftentimes several million million dollars in loans. It's called a floor plan. What the Kelly kickback was is the ability for dealership owners to be able to write off the interest rates that they pay for their floor plans. 
that's fucked up. That yeah, like if you if if he if he didn't own car dealerships, it wouldn't seem to seem to me as corrupt. But he does, and he's the one introducing these things. And if you want to not pay interest on the things that you can't afford cash for, why can't I? Somebody that's a working class guy. Yeah, it seems like a very blatant use of power yeah. just to just just to benefit yourself. An abuse of power. I'm going to call it that. It's an abuse of power. Is your background in like the car business or anything like that? Or? Yeah, and so yes, I sold cars for five years. Okay. Okay. So I know how Mike Kelly makes his money. I don't know specifically how much his business makes. But I know how much ours made, and ours is the, the one that I worked at was the same size mm-hmm. car dealership. Uh, I was on the floor selling cars. You know, I wasn't in the management office. I wasn't the guy that, you know, was the guy behind the curtain in the car business. I was the guy out there trying to earn people's business. Did you work for one of Mike Kelly's dealerships? No, no. But I worked with people who had worked with his dealerships in the okay. past. Uh, obviously, I won't name any names because there's no That's reason right, to do right. that. Um, but people that have actually known his knew his dad when he was in the car business and he said his dad george was like the nicest guy in the world gruff gruff but you know a nice guy and then knew mike little george knew mike and said he was the biggest asshole they had ever met in the history of the world born into the money born in yeah 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 yeah. so the little background on on him because he doesn't talk to any people that haven't called in to his telephone town hall so he was he was a guy that was born into money. His dad got a dealership, right? And when at the time when Chevy and all these brands were going around saying, "Hey, you own a gas station? Why don't you? But how would you how you got a garage here? How would you like to to sell my cars instead of just fix them?" So I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's how a lot of these places got their start. And then he was you know came along and he was born into money. And he'll tell you that he was the guy that milked milked the cow in the backyard or had to tend to goats or whatever it was he said he had to do. But he was, you know, he doesn't, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He doesn't understand what it's like to actually have to work for a living. And, you know, and that's another reason. He doesn't know what it's like to be somebody that he represents. Mm-hmm. This is a very working and middle class district. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't, he, it's not that he doesn't care. It's that he can't comprehend caring about the things that we have to worry about. Very true. Very true. Oh, yeah, so where in the district do you live? I live in Sharon. Okay, I live do? in Sharon. I've worked in Newcastle for for the last five years, okay. but I live in Sharon. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're running for Congress, and this mm-hmm. is your first time running in any real political spectrum. You've never as far as I know, before? I've never run for office. Okay. Before, no. Why did you not try starting out at something lower end and work your way mm-hmm. up to Congress? Why not like school board or potentially like commission or something like, you know, something lower than a Congress. Sure. Sure. Because the problems at hand can't be solved from that level. And it, I didn't want to run for Congress just for the sake of running for Congress. The guy that who sits in that office doesn't represent me, let alone right. the 60% of the people that live in this. Di- let me, let me give you the exact stat. The 58.7% of people that live in this district that are on some type of, of, of some type of government subsidy. Whether it be they they are on Social Security or something along those lines, fifty eight point seven, and he's voting to cut them. You know he, it, like it just to me it's it's one of those it's one yeah. of those things that like running for school board. It's not that I wanted to run for office. It's that somebody needed to get him out of there, and somebody who understands where he comes from and understands the type of business that he runs, and who's not afraid to kick him in the shins. When he runs, because he's going to do it against me. 
So the last guy that ran in 2018, nicest guy. I met Ron. He was he was Ron met, was yeah. Ron was incredibly I nice for him too. He was an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. My biggest gripe with him and a lot of other folks' gripe with him is he didn't hit back at him. He let Mike Kelly basically talk smack on him for an entire year and hit back kinda. You know, but it just he, he to me he wasn't aggressive enough and that's where Mike Kelly's going to go. Mike Kelly doesn't have facts. So he's just going to bully you the whole campaign. Just somebody that can bully him back. But honestly, but honestly, not not get down in the mud just for the sake of getting down there. But somebody who's not afraid to speak to a person like that in a way in which he deserves to be spoken to. Have you ever had a contact or anything with Mike Kelly in the past? A no. conversation with no, him? No, I have never like had. most people. Right, right yeah. But yes, I, I, I've never phoned into one of his town halls either. Um, but I've never met the man either. Yeah, I phoned in and just never had my phone call taken. Uh, there was just an article published, uh, I think it was the Erie County Young Democrats sent him a nasty letter saying, we need face-to-face town halls. The the Erie County Student Student Coalition. That's what yeah. it was, okay. Um, they had asked him, I don't want to say a year-ish ago, they had asked him some time ago um, to come do a town hall, and he said, you haven't given me enough time. So they said, okay, we're going to ask you, a, we're going to give you the opportunity, we're going to give you a year. Okay. And then myself, I got in the race. They asked me to join, um, as well as, as as well as the other Democrats running. They asked them to join as well. We all, without precondition, said yes, absolutely. And it took it took an Erie Times News article for him to even answer them back and said, "No, in in person town halls don't work. I, I do telephone town halls. There's, there's too much craziness going on. Too many ch- opportunities for people to ask me questions. That that I that, his exact wording was too many opportunities for the crazies out there." To, to speak up or something along those lines. Hey, Adam, do you smell that? It smells like he's afraid. Yeah. It smells like bullshit. That's what it smells like. <laughs> yeah. That's what it smells like. Yeah, and listen, we all know, we've seen the videos on, on YouTube and on CNN and, and everywhere of people speaking up and screaming like at these town halls. But of the two people that would do that, that he doesn't deserve, because mm-hmm. there are plenty of us who want to scream at him. Mm-hmm. But of the two or three people that would do that, that he... that. It's not worth like, it's not worth getting rid of democracy for. It's not worth uh, sur- surpassing it. Point. Now I am not as politically ingrained in the low or uh, as well ingrained in the local politics as my cohort over here, sure. Scott. Sure. I know a little bit. I obviously know of Mike Kelly. I've heard all the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious. Just uh, why do you think if he's so bad and he's so well known for being bad, why does he keep getting reelected? Okay. Uh, this one is pretty pretty simple. Okay. There are 535 elected officials in Washington, right? 100 senators, 435 members of the House of Representatives. He's the 44th most wealthy. He's worth over $10 million. That's a lot of ducats. Yeah, that's a lot of of Hyundais, okay? (laughs) That's a lot of Hyundais. Um, and th- there's nothing wrong with wealth. I'm not trying to say that there is. Okay, that, that this that's not at all right. what I'm trying to say. But his desire to hold on to power, he'll spend whatever it whatever it takes, and he has the backing of very of very rich donors, uh, including he has the backing of NRA. He's got he's got the, the Hyundai gives him money for his like he's. He has the backing of people who own car dealerships, who right. are also rich people. Um, so they continue to donate money to him. He's got very deep pockets. His friends have very deep pockets. So he buys ads and lies to you. And if you're not 
as politically up to date as a lot of folks are. Like most people aren't paying attention right now. Yeah. They'll pay attention September, October of next year. So I think it, the bigger picture has a lot of people focused on that as opposed to it, local level things. Yeah, and that's true. And that's that's also true as well. That is true. Um, and another thing is, Adam, to answer your question, it's voter turnout. Voter mm-hmm. turnout is abysmal. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's awful. What would you do to try to boost voter turnout, especially with young people? Sure. Because young people are who we really need to mm-hmm. engage. We really need to get the turnout. What would you do? In so that? the first thing. Before, the, before I answer about the young people, mm-hmm. the first thing I'm going to do is I want to shake the hand of every person. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do all you know, 250,000 people that live here. But I want to go knock on doors in Canvas. And actually, when you go to the ballot box, you'll know the person that you're voting for. Okay. When it comes to young people, the number one thing, I think, is just to have a message that speaks to them. Something that can energize younger voters. My opinions, I think, um, on, on, on a lot of these issues will do that. You know, I'm not 100% uh, – like I'm not, the, I'm not the most liberal person in the world. I'm not going to lie to you. But it's just getting those voters to understand that you have their back. And also, there's a lot of younger people who are really, really pissed off at the top level right now. So that might actually – Say that again. <laughs> that might actually take care of itself this cycle. But after this cycle, it's about continuing to find ways to engage them, to have conversations with them. A person that's 16 today will be able to vote in the 2020 election. Now, the general for cycle. you would be November 2020. Correct, yes. So yes. you'd be on a ballot mm-hmm. with Donald Trump, basically. Uh, against him, yes. Uh, right, yeah. right, well, right. <laughs> yes, yes. Of course. On, uh, on the same piece yes, of paper. Yes, yes. Yeah, we got to get through April first. The I primary, The primary yes. in Pennsylvania is in April. But yes, I would be on the ballot with, hopefully... <laughs> that that helps voter turnout it definitely does, it does, yes it so does. so that's an advantage mm-hmm. so you said you're you're not the most liberal candidate out there mm-hmm. um have you always been a democrat no okay no i'm going to be completely honest about that the, my timeline goes this way i registered to vote at 18 and mm-hmm. i was a member of the green party okay i still wholeheartedly believe that climate change is the number one concern that we need to focus on and okay. so do a lot of young people. Yes, That's something yeah. that resonates. I wholeheartedly believed, this is several years ago, don't mind, that at that, that point and today, that the number one issue is climate change. Okay. I wanted to be able to be more involved in voting, so I re-registered with a party that's going to have primaries every year. Mm-hmm. Which is, so I, I registered as a Democrat shortly after, after that. Okay. Um, and then, admittedly, I lost my way. I was, uh, I was in college, and I met a professor who was wrong about taxes but convinced me that I was wrong. And I did join the dark side. I did re-register as a Republican. Okay. We've had okay. Many, a, many a debate <laughs> some nights about yes. politics stuff. Yeah. So, so I, to say that I, I believed in things that I've always believed in. My views on most of these issues have never changed. But... The parties, the way they've shifted, and I, and what turned me back into a, to register as a Democrat, honestly, is Donald Trump. When did you re-register? As a I Democrat? re-registered as a Democrat in 2017. Okay. Okay. Um, it could have been late 20, late 2017, early 2018. Okay. Um, I did not vote for Donald Trump. I could not bring myself to Donald vote for Donald Trump, and I could not bring myself to be a member of a party that would nominate Donald Trump. 
Mm-hmm. That's actually one of my biggest complaints with some of my Republican friends. I have I have plenty of Republican friends. We don't agree on everything, but they're not bad people. Sure, sure. They, a lot of them don't like Trump. Sure. But yet they they stand by this party that he's the leader of the party. And I just say, how can you do that? Somebody who's locking children in cages. I know that's always my go-to because mm-hmm. that's the thing that keeps me up, up at night when I have two young kids at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, so you make a good point there. Yeah. Like that's something. And I, I've had that. I've had that growth too. When I was 18, I registered as a Democrat right away. Wasn't very interested in politics at all, even though I am very much now. At the time, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going to college. And now... I'm still a registered Democrat, but some of the especially Democrats on the national level have really turned me off. I love Bernie Sanders. I am a huge, huge, huge Bernie Sanders fan. And then there's a big gap on the national level. And and I love some of the local Democrat candidates we have here in Mercer County and in the the other parts of the district. So I love the local candidates. And I'm actually... um, the chairman of the Mercer County Young Democrats right now. So I've been helping out with that. So I'm, I've stayed I've stayed a Democrat, but part of me, I'm a little bit more left than, than most of them anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's happened. You know that, Adam. Yeah. yeah. I always consider myself as moderate as I can be. I always lean a little left, but I try to stick to the more moderate side. You know me, Scott, devil's advocate all the time. Every mm-hmm. time we have a debate, I'm like, well, what about the other side? You're let, significantly let, more centrist than let me. And that's me, okay. Let that's me okay. play, let yeah. me, you know, act out that role. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, this country was built by liberals and conservatives coming together and finding the middle ground. That, uh, that unfortunately, there is no middle ground now. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Right? But that's, you know, th- that's, that's what our country was designed to be. Yeah. You know, now let's federalists and anti-federalists going into certain, you know, changing over the course of time to be liberals versus yeah, conservative. Like, let's, yeah. like, okay, so that is that, that is what that is. But, you know, that's to me, I mean, and, and it's okay. Like you can be, you, you can be, this is the beauty of this country. You're allowed to be as liberal as you want and say what you want. You're even allowed to, be, unfortunately, you're allowed to be a Nazi in this country. Oh, we know. You're allowed. We've seen and, them. They're and, back. And, yeah, and they are back. And they are back. You're allowed to be one. It's just you, you can't, like, you just got to be able to expect repercussions. If you mm-hmm. go around the streets yelling racial slurs, you have to expect, you're allowed to do that, mm-hmm. but you have to expect somebody to punch you in the mouth. Yes. <laughs> and that person's going to be me, but you can, but you can, you should be able to expect it. Right. You know, but you're allowed to be an asshole in this country, mm-hmm. you know, so it, yeah. What would you say, uh, because as we said at nauseum that this is your first time running mm-hmm. in the political spectrum, what would you say qualifies you to do the job if you were to, to mm-hmm. be elected? Sure. So first and foremost, I have a master's degree in public administration. My career goal was not to be a public servant, to be an elected official. My career goal was to be more like the behind-the-scenes government official knowing that how government can benefit people from non-elected officials in a lot of ways. Um, but I do have like my master's is in government. It's in public administration. It's, it's designed to understand the internal aspects of government. Number two, my experience as we talked about is, is, is in the floor is on the floor selling things. Okay. 
I want to take that experience and find ways to call on businesses to come here somehow, some way. You know, I'm going to give you a, speci- a specific example. Like Sherwin-Williams is looking to leave Cleveland, or if they haven't already. They're looking to leave Cleveland. Can I guarantee they're going to come to Erie or Meadville or Sharon? No. But I can guarantee you that the person sitting in the seat I want to have isn't calling them to ask them would they be interested in having a tour and me using my experience to sell them on coming here. And, you know, to call on business, uh, call on local businesses to keep their business here. You know, for example, uh, today it just was announced that AK Steel, the company that, that owns AK Steel, just sold, by the way, for half of their valuation as what they were when Trump took office. Mm-hmm. But is to find ways, if you're going to sell, that you have to keep that business here. So those are, I have actual experience cold calling and selling things. And I will cold call on businesses and sell them on this district. Uh, you were saying about AK Steel. Just just in the paper today, when, when this show is being recorded, in the Sharon Herald, it was reported that NLMK Steel Mill is laying off 100 people mm-hmm. here in the Valley. Um, and we saw this coming. I have a good friend that works there. My, my wife's cousin works there. They all knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. And it stems... From Trump's tariffs, something that Kelly has been loud and proud about. So I don't mean to interrupt you. I don't mean to jump you. No, on that's that fine. One. That's fine. I want to hear you. I thoughts. don't want to call them tariffs. They're Trump's taxes on American companies. Right. So what a tariff is, I'm sure that you know, but some of the listeners may not. It is a tax on a company in the United States, a conglomerate of companies usually, but we'll just call it a company to, that exports things from the United States to another country. It's not China paying a tariff. Mm-hmm. It's ABC Steel, AK Steel, NLMK. It's these companies coming together to form whatever, however they want to do it. That's on a large scale. But it's also, you know, Joe Smith's fish, John Doe's Smith's, Jane Doe, like these, these hundred fishermen who have boats that go off the, in the Gulf of Mexico and go fish, getting together. These hundred people then form one conglomerate to sell their their, their fish to wherever, you know, and, and it gets taxed by them. That's what, that's what a tariff is. There are other intricacies of it, but, but sure. in a nutshell, that's there what There always that is. must be. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, yeah, just, I didn't mean to jump, I didn't mean to jump on you there. No, but, no, that's. But, um, yeah, Mike, this is today. We have two places that in our, in our area, our region was built on steel. That's why we're called the Rust Belt, because the steel industry has been gone for over 30 years. What's left is, is a shell of what it used to be. Right. So NLMK locally, my uncle works there. Okay. Like you, we all have somebody locally that we know that probably works there or retired from there. AK Steel. I have several people that I know that are from Butler. Uh, all of their husbands are work at AK Steel. You know, it, I, I have a personal relationship with with a friend of mine that works at uh, Butler Community College. All of their all of the spouses work at AK Steel, so we know that today, like they're going to say that oh, AK Steel is going to be viable. We're going to find a way to make it profitable again. That's a lie. You've got these giant mega corporations lying to people because they just don't want to pay his pensions anymore, and that's what's going to happen. You're going to have to take a thirty percent buyout on your pension. Thanks for your thirty seven years of service. Here's a spank on the ass. 
That's unacceptable. And that's another big reason why I'm running for this office. Because these giant corporations have been able to run free through for 35 years without any repercussions yeah. of stealing people's hard work. Thank you for giving me your bones and your joints. And you may have gotten divorced because you worked three overtime shifts this week. Or your wife's mad at you, you know, whatever. Thank you. Here's a pat on the butt. Now get the hell out of here. We don't care about you. Yeah. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Now, I was perusing your website a little bit, uh, taking a look at the things. And it, see, it says that you want to help with a lot of the big issues, the environment, mm -hmm. education, gun control, healthcare, things like that. Um, obviously, these are all really good things to say that you want to improve. Mm -hmm. Do you have plans to actually improve these things? How would you go about doing some of these? So, quite frankly, a member of Congress, one single member of Congress can't do what a large national yeah. political person can do. Okay. I have ideas. I have things that I feel are right. And if a president doesn't introduce legislation, I will find ways to do it. Okay. So to answer your question, yes, I do have an idea on how to plan these things, but I would need a large, I need, I would need the president elect whoever she may be to, to basically be on board with a lot of these yeah. things. Um, but there are things more along the lines of if somehow, some way, um, unfortunately the president gets reelected, there'd be more things that I would absolutely, I would, I would, I would take them and take these things on fire and put them right, take them right, right to the white house and say, you're never going to let these things go. You're, I'm not letting these things go. So yes, I can get, I will get, we'll get a little in depth here. So, okay. um, number one, I, number one, climate change is my number one issue. Yeah. We, it's, it's real full stop. No bullshit. I don't want I don't care what anybody says. It's, it's legit. Like it's, we're, we are 10 years beyond the point of where uh, we are 10 years past the point of no return. The things, the things that we are experiencing now, the, the negative 20 degree days, the, the large hurricanes, the, the, the tornadoes and thunderstorms in November. Yeah, we saw that lightning the other day. Yes, yes. That was a lot of lightning. Right, yeah. The things that we are experiencing now, we're not going to be able to reverse. We can only stop them now. So I don't in full support the Green New Deal. Because I think that it takes some things out of context, but I what I do support are immediate legislations to, or excuse me, is I support immediate legislation to get to zero carbon emissions in the next decade. I've heard I I've never read the Green New Deal myself, mm -hmm. but I've heard that there's a lot of other things which tends to happen. There's a lot of many like many other things that uh, they want to push forward that they just kind of threw in the deal that have nothing to really do with climate change. It's mesomez. Like yeah. th there are things in that bill that are related to jobs right. related to the green New federal deal. jobs guarantees, yeah. which some people love, some people hate. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, if, if you would focus on, okay, like let, let's take, you want to take the green new deal. Okay. Let's get to the zero carbon emissions in 10 years. Also, Let's find ways to train people on the jobs that are coming up. You know, if we get to zero carbon emissions, you're going to have 
car, you're going to have all hybrid cars or all electric. So you're going to have an entire industry that's going to be needed. You're going to need technicians who know how to make batteries. So yeah, you need to have something that refocuses education and the companies, the people that are going to be losing their jobs because of, we're not going to be drilling for oil anymore. You need to find ways to prioritize those folks to get some of that education. So I understand like that thing, but yeah, like the federal jobs guarantee, I'm, I'm not a universal basic income guy. I'm not a federal jobs guarantee person. You know, I, I do still believe in the dignity of work and the value of hard work. You don't think that we're going to lead at some point towards a universal basic income, though? I feel like the way with automation, mm-hmm. the way with artificial intelligence, robots, we have half of Walmart is self-checkouts, and you're going to local grocery stores, and like half of those registers mm-hmm. are self-checkouts. You don't think that we're progressing ourselves to the point where even these basic jobs are going to be taken away to, to the point where the only way to make ends meet is to provide a universal basic income to people. So to answer that, the way – so if we continue on our current path, the only way out of it, the only, the only way we'll be able to feed people, our citizens, is to do universal basic income. It's called innovation. Yeah, what it is. yeah. Like every every innovation in the past has always taken away jobs, and people, we've had ev- to adapt. Ev- yes, I mean, if you remember, well, we don't remember, but uh, ATM machines. You know, bank tellers thought that they were going to lose their lose their jobs to ATMs. You know, and they did, but not to the degree that they thought they were going to on mass scale. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is like it's. It's not so much as, well, this is, this is inevitable. We need to go and do a universal basic income now. We need to find ways to study it and find ways to save money. What we need to do is we, we know that that's where this is going. You know that 10 years from now, you're, I mean, legitimately, maybe even less, you're going to be able to walk into a, uh, uh, a McDonald's, click on the kiosk, and, and somebody's gonna, it's going to be a pre-made. Like, it's just going to happen. It's yeah. already starting. It's already starting. So, A, let's give the people that work there now $15 an hour because, unfortunately, that job is going to be gone in a decade. But you need to, take, you need to refocus on, educate, on educating younger people to do the jobs that will be around and, and taking people who are right now not eligible for Social Security and find ways to put them on it because they're not going to be able to re-educate themselves. Yeah. Again, I, I, it's not the it's it's not the soft answer because people people aren't going to like that. But it's just th- this is where the world's going, and we need to accept it. Yeah. So, to avoid universal basic income, educate young folks. To educate young folks for the jobs that are coming up, and expand Social Security, Medicare to be re- retire early. Uh. You can't force anybody to retire early. I think no, 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 no. I know, but, I know that, but what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at is expand it so that people can retire early. But what I've always heard is a lot of times, some, a big reason why younger people graduating college have a hard time finding jobs is older people that are working in a lot of those positions are staying in those positions longer and longer and longer, past 65, 70, 75, 80, and mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where these college students that are graduating can't find these jobs because of that and while a lot of that is is so giving true, them the option to retire earlier doesn't necessarily mean that no i'm not forcing anybody to retire yeah no 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 that's, that's not, not what i'm that's, saying you know um while what you're saying is is accurate there are folks who because the cost of living is so much higher than their than their retirement wages would be uh, oh, uh, yeah. it would allow them to afford they have to stay longer and that's also unfortunate but 
what I'm saying is, some is stay longer because they're bored. That's also like that's career, career people that are like not yeah, doing that's like, also true. like dishwasher dogs. Some stay yeah. long just because they're bored. Yeah. They don't want to like die they don't want to go. They don't want to go home. I, I get it. I get it. But what what my point? What I'm trying to say is 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 while that's true, you need to find ways to educate the folks who are going into college, like they, whatever you call like battery technician. I don't know. Like you, you they, it needs to be laid out for them, and you need to be able to give people the ability to retire earlier than where they're at now. I'm not saying all of them, and I'm not saying that they, they will 100% take it. What I'm saying is, is to put the opportunities for those people, the younger people, to get into some of these other positions. Uh, let me take a quick break real quick. But before I go, there was a bit of a glitch uh, in the recording and we didn't we didn't lose a lot, but we only lost the part where you mentioned that if you're a theater major, major you oh. got to recognize that. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, what I'm saying is, yeah, okay. So that's the only part I lost. Okay. So, so you want me to repeat it or just yeah, just repeat okay. It so like if you're if if you're a theater major, I'm, I'm only I don't mean to talk negatively about theater majors, but if you need to know that when you go to a college that's that is where you're going to be a theater major, your theater degree is probably not going to pay you right enough to. Pay for your college debt, number one. And number two, it's not going to present you with the, the income earning ability that somebody, another degree may do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I missed. So we're going to okay. take a quick break um, and stay tuned for the second half of the show. Okay. So you brought up briefly, I heard you say Medicare. What is your stance on health care? Because this is something that I have a background in too. Sure, so. sure. And I'd love your input on this. Okay. Um, but also to preface what I'm about to tell you. I am, I'm meeting actually t- Thursday with the Western PA single payer coalition, um, down in Pittsburgh. With that being said, I do not support at this time, Medicare for all immediately. Um, what I do support is Medicare for all who want it along expanding the affordable care act to have a public option that is similar to Medicare. I think we need to change the the term because some of the folks that I've had conversations with about it hate the fact that they've paid into something for their entire lives and you're going to have a 35-year-old be able to have it. Okay, So we've already seen that the Republicans uh, won the marketing war with Obamacare versus the Affordable Care Act. I can tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm sure you yes. could, and I'd love to hear your stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but... What I, what I think is, is in this country, you do have the ability to make the choice, even if it's the wrong one, okay? And although you need, in my opinion, to have the option to have a universal health care coverage um, as an adult, I, I feel as though it should be your choice. Additionally to that, I feel every child born in this country and every child brought to this country, regardless of from where, should be under a similar Medicare plan. From the moment that you are conceived to the moment you turn 18, if no parent should ever, 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 ever have to worry about going effing bankrupt. Sorry, I almost swore and I try to ca- I try to catch myself. Should ever Seven have my Kelly? Yes. Should ever have to go? Should ever have to go bankrupt? Making sure that their child doesn't die. And I hate this. I hate to be bleak about it, but every single person that's listening to this show, every person that has kids, 
every grandparent, aunt, uncle, you will do whatever it takes, regardless of cost, to make sure that your child, the the person you're the child, the person you're in care of, they're going to get whatever medical care it is, regardless. I have my godfather almost lost a daughter because he that the daughter had to be in the hospital after she was born for I think she was like three or four years old Jesus. before she actually saw actual sunlight. And she was thankfully she lived until she was a teenager, but she unfortunately passed away. And I distinctly remember this giant of a man crying like a baby because he was about to lose his firstborn child. So whatever it took, and you know, th- thank God there was the Ronald McDonald House in Pittsburgh. Like, thank God that these things existed. But he shouldn't now today, because of these probably hundreds, if hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars in medical debt that he has, he'll never be able to buy another house, never be able to finance another car, never be able to borrow any money. That you should never have to worry about that as an adult. If you are, say, 16 years old and you get diagnosed with cancer, that coverage comes with you through your adult years, okay? You shouldn't ever have to worry about going on a a Medicare for All plan, clicking a button if you're sitting in a hospital bed. As a 16-year-old girl going into be 18 on your 18th birthday, we're not going to kick you off. We're We're doing this because it's the ethical and right thing to do. So kicking somebody off would be the exact opposite of that, right? So that's I firmly I firmly believe in that 100%. With in the third part of that is that eventually once these kids turn 20, 21, 22 and start to have to go to the doctors and things and they start to have to pay for things, public sentiment will change. And you will have more public outcry for a universal healthcare coverage for everybody. So, to answer, I know that was a long, the long yeah. answer. So, um, I love a long answer. Yeah, yeah. You are entitled to a choice. You are in this country, but you should have the choice of being able to have basic universal healthcare, and then every child, they'll have it. Once they get to be an adult, they start to vote. They'll then public opinion will be much greater and they will need it more. So then you'll just have it. It's incredibly interesting that we have this stigma in this country when it comes to healthcare, thinking that it's a privilege and not a right. That somehow being healthy, you should have to either have money or pay for it yourself. And if you can't pay for it, I guess you're not healthy. Right. It's the sink or swim notion that I mm-hmm. absolutely hate. Or the pull yourselves up by your bootstraps notion. I, I hate those, yeah. all those things. To play, I I disagreed uh, during Obamacare when it came to the fining people for not having health insurance. Mm-hmm. I did disagree with that. But to play devil's advocate, um, I can sort of understand. I mean, you have to have car insurance if you have a car. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you have a body, what do you say to the people that say you should have to, you know, mm-hmm. have it or pay a fine? And I think, so to go on that, not to argue with you, but just to go go on that, um, the reason you have car insurance isn't necessarily to protect yourself. It's to protect the person you hit. Won't health insurance protect everybody else? If if you're paying for health insurance, your taxes won't won't pay for 
or your the rates so, won't go up or anything like that so for the, other people that the second point to what it? i was about yeah, to yeah, say yeah, which yeah. goes on that is like the reason you have the reason you it's required for everybody to have car insurance is because if somebody who doesn't have it rear uh rear end somebody who does right who's going to pay for it right that's right. why it's mandate that's why it's mandatory the thing about taxing people it's called it, i mean it is it's a fine it's a tax uh, who didn't? Who don't have health insurance at this particular time? Is to encourage people to have it because hospitals are still under the Hippocratic oath. Like if you go in and you get hit by a car, they're still required to fix you. Right. And it does cost a lot of money for them to do that. So somebody has to sway the you know the, the cost of that. But the other part of this is that healthcare costs are so ridiculously expensive in this country. That you have to have some form of health insurance because now these hospitals can sue you if you've got a $2,000, you know, $2,000 outstanding bill. They can sue you, and they are in droves of hundreds. That's, so that's you, not a butter. Do you think healthcare is a right or a privilege? So healthcare is a right. Healthcare is absolutely a right. Shouldn't then the government provide healthcare to its people if it is a right? Well, you also just to I don't want to necessarily play devil's advocate, but the but my answer to that is you also have a right to own a gun or not to own a gun in this country. So you have just because it's your right doesn't mean the government has to provide it for you. Some people say the government should give people guns. And well, and, I've yes, heard that uh, argument. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, have, I, I have to. Yeah, yes. I, and I have to. And you know, like like Switzerland requires every person in their in their country to own a uh, own a gun. Again, I believe that this country was founded on choice. The ability to make a, your your own decisions. That's why all these folks came here. The Puritans came here to begin with. Forget about their religious stuff, but like, you know, <laughs> the this the country was founded on the idea of choice. So, to require somebody to make that choice is just just the fact that you have the choice. That's the important part. Regardless of whether or not it's yes, it is a right. It is a right. But the ability to choose to have health insurance, public health insurance or not, to own a gun or not. When um, I'll give you a brief backstory of mine. When the Affordable Care Act was passed into law, 2010, around, around then, um, Primary Health Network, which we were in the backyard, the shadow of them, they're the largest com- federally funded community health center, Pennsylvania and Ohio. They got a grant from the federal government to teach, basically teach people, help people enroll in the marketplace insurance. Mm. So I got hired by them to go everywhere from Philadelphia to Cincinnati and everywhere in between going to the most rural places, sitting down with a computer and helping people who have never had health insurance in their life enroll for the first time. Some of these people have never even seen computers. You wouldn't even believe it. So I, I learned so much. I learned so much about Obamacare, if you will, to know that it wasn't perfect. It was far from perfect. Uh, my problem was that the insurance companies were still involved in the pricing. That was that was a big issue. Uh, the marketplace exchange was supposed to be competitive to drive prices down. Didn't really work out that way. Some of the plans were still really high. And when we had Governor Corbett in this country, there he didn't expand Medicaid, so there was like a big gray area in there. It, it was a nightmare. So, but I loved what I was doing and. Then the Republicans took control. Remember that grant that paid for my job? It went bye-bye, and so did my entire department. 
So a lot of jobs went away just because they couldn't, they tried to repeal it. I can't even, I lost count how many times it, and that didn't work. So they did the next best thing, which was defund it. And all the money that was going for people to help those people just, mm -hmm. it just went away. Mm -hmm. So there was definitely some issues with the Affordable Care Act. I definitely was better than what we had in place before. But what I would do is like Medicare works, you know, 80% is covered. The other 20% you need a supplemental or I would take that and the part that says 65 and over and do away with that. Medicare for everybody is a great start on the way to universal health care. That's what I would do. And, and, and I appreciate, and I appreciate that. And like, you know, and that's, it's a very, it's a very powerful argument. And to me, I just respectfully disagree with, 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 with that. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just an opinion that I, that's fine. you know, that we have that's a, a yeah. disagreement on, which is the, that's the thing. So we can, you and I can sit here and have a civil conversation and disagree. And we've lost the civility in public service today. Right. And that's another reason why I'm running because, <laughs> <laughs> because just because you disagree with somebody doesn't make them a fucking asshole. You're allowed to disagree. You're allowed to call somebody that and then at the end of the day, still be friends. Right. Right. I know. You know, I, I have several people. I have people that are on my, my Facebook page now for this for the campaign, uh -huh. you know, that, that are like calling us con calling me a communist, calling me like this things like I was going to ask, do you have a lot of people since you switched parties and you're doing oh, this that are like oh, you betrayed? He's a Mike us. Kelly plant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't heard that yet. I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, you know, at this point, the, the race is, the race is still early to where we haven't quite got there yet, um, in the primary, but I'm afraid that it will go there. Um, but just the facts are that that's absolutely like not the case. I, I, but having seen these things on social media, like guys, like somebody, some dude made fun of my haircut, like, <laughs> I mean, I even texted you about it, yeah. like venting, like, listen, you want to disagree with me? That's fine. But I'm not an asshole for disagreeing with you. And then don't make fun of my haircut. Like, it's, yeah. it's wrong. That's, I, I mean, trolls come yeah, to territory. Yeah, I know. You know? I That's, know it's I know. just the way yeah. it is now. Know. You know, you're a, you're, you're a troll. I'm one. You're I'm a troll. one. And, 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 <laughs> and, you know, and it comes with the territory, like being, you know, running for public office. Like it comes with the territory. It's, it's like what Arnold said in True Lies. When Jamie Lee Curtis asked him if he ever killed anybody, yeah, I've trolled people, but they were all bad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's two other Democrats running, mm -hmm. um, Dan and Christy. Yes, yes. Have you met them? Have you had conversations with either yes, of them? Yes, yes. Um, okay. So I met I met Dan at the Lawrence County uh, Democratic Party. Uh, gosh, a couple months ago. Nicest guy. I, you know, I, obviously I w hope, <laughs> I hope he finishes second. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I, I think he's the nicest guy. Um, you know, and him and I had it, I wasn't a candidate at that point, mm -hmm. but, uh, I had this, I had a discussion with him and, uh, he, and he seemed, you know, I have no, I would, if I obviously think that my ideas are better or you wouldn't be running or I wouldn't be running. Right. It's mm -hmm. not about me wanting to be here. It's about somebody having to step up in my personal opinion. Um, Christy, I met actually at the, uh, the, the Mercer, the watch party, Mercer County watch party for the previous election. Mm -hmm. 
uh, Manicore Club, which somehow didn't have a TV that worked, and even though it was a watch party, um, um, and I, I introduced myself to her, and I told her that uh, that I wanted us to run a clean and honest campaign with each other. Yeah, um, she agreed with me. Um, she seems, again, seems like a nice person. Um, I don't, I haven't met her. I did meet Dan. Yeah. Uh, I haven't met Christy yet. She's uh, a school teacher. She, in yeah. Erie? Yeah. And honestly, okay. her story is, is a compelling mm-hmm. one. Um, just to speak frankly, I mean, I haven't seen any, uh, I have, I haven't had any view of her policies. And when I did meet her, I was in an official capacity. So I'm assuming she didn't want to talk policy shop with me. Right. 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 So I can't speak to her her on policy. I can't mm-hmm. do that. But as a person, I met her for a minute. She seemed, she seemed nice. I, the last time, um, I had a friend who at the time it was just, uh, Dr. Malteri and Chris Rieger at the time had entered the race mm-hmm. and a friend of mine just didn't like the choices. Sure. So he decided to run and he put himself in. He was the third person. And then shortly after that, Ron D. Nicola entered which he loved, Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then he quickly got out yeah, and said, yeah, I'm yeah. going to support Ron. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess my question relates to that is if if you were to say let's you were to win the nomination, mm-hmm. what would you do to get supporters of Dan and Christy into your camp? Because we've seen the, the Democrat Party is not as united as right. the Republican Party. We right. see that from the top all the way mm-hmm. down. What would you do to say, hey, it, it's – I'm taking on Kelly. I would like your support. Sure. So first I would ask both of them for their input Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm going to assume it's not going to be, you know, X to zero. Okay. I'm going to assume that there are all three of us are going to have support. Mm -hmm. Okay. Regardless of how many, many that people, that excuse me, however, whatever number that is. Um, So there's something that they had said that resonated with those people. So I'd like their input um, because there's a reason they supported them and not me. (coughs) Excuse me. And, you know, and I I would do the same for them. You know, I would offer my support. That was my next question. One of them, you would tell your supporters. Yeah, I would offer my support to them as well because the ultimate goal is to beat Mike Kelly. Okay. Okay. I I feel as though, like, I got into this race third because I was – Quite frankly, I was asked by several people from Erie again, who shall remain nameless, that I had met previously, that they weren't that knew that I was thinking about it, that weren't satisfied with the current options, and I would not have gotten in this thing if I were satisfied with the current options. Again, great people. I have nothing negative to say about either of them, and I don't want this to be taken that that's what I'm saying. I'm not. Right. But it's I, I'm not taking this lightly. Like I didn't put myself out there because I felt like there was a better choice, either. No, that's okay. I mean, we saw how the presidential primaries are happening right now for the Democratic Party, and we've 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 heard people. I think President Obama was one of the ones. You know, what do you, what do you call it? The circular firing squad. <laughs> like we need to team up. But I don't necessarily agree with that because. Mm-hmm. The point of a primary is to weed out the candidates and give us the best option to win. So at the same time, you don't, you don't want to sling mud at your own party. And yes, I would support any of them over Mike Kelly or any of them over Donald Trump. But at the same time, it's a primary. The point of the primary is to get the best candidate. Mm-hmm. So it's politics. You don't have to play nice all the time. And that's what I'd like to see. I, I absolutely agree with you. I think there's I, – I appreciate – that there's a lot of people that want to run and beat mm-hmm. Donald Trump. I really appreciate that. 
There's a lot of options, though. There's a lot of options. I I mean, if you're asking, are you asking me to sling mud? Because, I mean. (laughs) I mean, I was going to ask it later, but do you have anybody that you would prefer, that you would support currently? You mean for president? Yeah, for president. Oh, for for president. Yeah, who's any of the Democratic candidates that are like. So, okay. You you can opt out of it if you want to. I would understand why, Mm -hmm. but. So, I I feel as though, the, unfortunately, for, let me just say this. I wish Pennsylvania's primary was so earlier. much earlier because earlier. by the time it gets yep. to us, there's already a nominee. I know. So it doesn't behoove me to answer that question. But that's not what the point of this thing. That's the whole reason we're doing this. Right. Um, so it's two-tiered. So if I, if I had my idealistic candidate, the person that I think would make the best president, the person that I feel that I could fully support – uh, Elizabeth Warren, I I would I I would I would support her first. Okay. With that being said, I think she would have a significantly more difficult time nationally against some rather than somebody like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. And I hate to be this person. I hate to say that he's like the lesser of two evils because we had that problem in 2016 and we got the worst thing that, that ever out, effing yeah. happened to this country. So, I mean, I think that there, I think that Joe Biden would have a lot more support, uh, from, from men and women of color, um, than Elizabeth Warren would. Um, and I think that Joe Biden could take the, the mud that, that, that Trump's going to sling because he's gonna, he's gonna. Um, but again, if, if my number one, I, right now, as it sits, everything that one I've heard. One Warren, two Biden. One, one Warren, one Warren, two Biden, only yeah. because I think Biden, has a better shot nationally than, I mean, I don't disagree with anything Bernie Sanders has to say either, you know, other well, than he's the Medicare. Yeah. Yeah. Other I, than, surprise, surprise. Yeah. I made that mistake in the uh, 2016 election when we were voting for um, who was going for the Democratic primaries. It came down to basically Bernie and Hillary. Right. And I was a Bernie bro the mm-hmm. whole time, but I was like, I don't know if Bernie can beat Donald Trump, so I switched to Hillary. Yeah. I regretted it ever since. Well, and so so are, I'm, I'm, wait, not, I'm not voting right now. Adam, I don't are think. you still a Mayor P guy? Is he still your number one? No, he's not my number one. Oh, he was? I think I'm leaning towards um, Bernie, number one. Really? And then it comes down to, honestly, one of the other outliers like Mayor Pete or... Tulsi, I I do like Tulsi. her. I do, I kind I kind of like her. I kind of like the way she talks. And, and, I, I'm and, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at you. That wasn't the point of that. No, 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 not anywhere. I don't care. Yeah, laugh yeah, at me. No. I don't give a shit. Um, but no, like I'm lean. I'm I'm kind of like I'm interested to see what she has to say because I've been listening to her a lot. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And she's been on Joe Rogan a lot, mm-hmm. and I kind of like the way she talks. I want to get in and see what she is all about before I even make that decision. Um, I will say that of, and this isn't me talking negatively, but. Of the sing- single issue candidates that are out there, regime change war is the least of our problems. You know, if you want to be a single issue candidate, you know, right. climate change, guns, right? You know, and we we've seen those people go by the wayside as single issue candidates. But I, I would think that just me personally, that regime change wars are the least of our right, of, least of our problems as a country. Well, you mentioned, and I was going to actually ask you, um, are you? pro-gun anti-gun what where where's your stance on guns because i know you mentioned it briefly on your website a little bit sure remind where you're running for office yes that's a no big and, and here's yes. and here's the the again choice mm-hmm. okay i am not a gun person 
I don't own a gun. I've shot guns. I've, 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 I have friends that were in the military. I, I, you know, I support people who want to do that. But like, I feel as though in this country, you have the right to own whatever weapon you are, that is needed to overthrow the government. That's the point. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating to overthrow the government. But the point of the Constitution, the point of the Second Amendment was the ability to do that. It's yeah. like, it's the why it was there. I feel as though, however, every, if you can, every single gun law, you need to, we need to expand to the point to where they should equal, they should be the exact same, they should parallel car loss. You have to have a license to, to, to operate a commercial vehicle. You have to have a license to operate a motorcycle. You have to have a license to operate a, a passenger vehicle. Okay? You want to own a handgun? Go get a license for it. You want to own a, an, automatic, an automatic weapon? Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's slippery slope once you start to ban them, I think. Got to go get trained for it. Got to get a background check. You got to get a license for it. Shotguns, hunting rifles. You got to go get a license to own whatever kind of gun. Can I own weapons-grade plutonium? See, but that's the thing. Now, see, sarcastically, and I appreciate mm-hmm. that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> can yeah. I own a tank? Well, and that's, see, but here's the thing. All right. So based the same question. So, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, and I appreciate the sarcasm. I do. And I, and I know where you guys are getting at. I was being serious. I want to own a tank <laughs> Well, I, oh. well uh, they, they, they used to sell H1s. You know? <laughs> the, Ninja Turtle, the Ninja Turtle guy yeah. has one. Um, <laughs> but, no, what I'm what – I, so, look, I'm not a fan of guns. But just because I don't like them doesn't mean you, I can make it legislation saying that you can't own it. That's the same to me. It's on the same plane of legislating morality on a woman's right to choose. It's on the same plane. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it shouldn't be shouldn't be legal. So I'll go I'll go into detail on my my idea for 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 gun control because it's we've got a big problem with kids getting shot and being afraid to go to school. Yeah, like that's a huge problem and we need to fix it. So when it comes so every every gun purchase we need you need to end. You need to end selling the selling uh, guns out of the back of your car at gun shows or wherever. So if you are buying a gun secondhand, okay, not from a, a licensed dealer, you have to go to a licensed dealer, get a background check for a nominal fee negotiated by the buyer and seller. If you pass the background check, then uh, that person, the, the, the purchaser, takes possession of it. Much like a car, you need to have a chain of ownership for the gun. You have a title that has the name of the last person that bought it. You need to make it a little bit more in detail than what a title is because it's the last person that's sold it once it goes through the state yeah. and everything. It, it, it changes a little bit. But um, you, need to have a, you need to have a chain of ownership proof. So that way, if a weapon is used in a crime or a weapon is found somehow, some way, check the serial number. It should be a felony to remove the serial number just the same way it is to remove a VIN. Um, it should be like, you can't, you, it's not a felony to remove a, a remove a VIN from a car, but it's, it's, a, it's a crime. You're yeah. not allowed to do that. So you need to, uh, the, the last person will be, will be questioned. We know that this gun was used in a crime. Why did, wasn't it in your possession? You're the last person to have it. Well, I gave it to this person. You're not allowed to give it to somebody. You have to, just like a car. You can't just give a car to somebody. There has to be a nominal exchange. 
dollar, whatever you want to negotiate, however you want to do that. So again, we'll go back to the licensure. Every type of gun, you have to have a licensed. You have to be licensed specifically to own or purchase them. Number two, you have to go through a universal background check on every purchase. The same way that you have to go through, um, the same way you have to, you have to A, get approved for, for your credit to, bu- to get a car loan, or B, you have to prove that you have insurance to buy a car in the state of Pennsylvania. You have to have insurance. You have to, you have, to have a driver's license to buy a, a passenger car. Yeah. You have to have proof that you're mentally capable of doing this, that you're trained to use these things, and you're trained to store them. Okay? And have to have a continuous uh, continuing chain of ownership for all these for all the weapons you have to pay every year to get them registered just like a car right you know you have like you give the responsible gun owners more skin in the game you do have to make it slightly more difficult for those response so that because those responsible will go through the hoop to get the guns yeah like the, the ones who are responsible and the ones this w- this will eliminate many 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 cracks in the system that people can go buy guns off a friend go steal it from you know go go, go steal it from somebody like you got to have them locked up that kind of thing how do you argue i'm not going to say argue how do you respond uh, to the argument that well other countries have banned automatic weapons and their shootings have gone down why can't we ban automatic weapons and our shootings will go down? Like, how do you respond to somebody who's arguing that point? Sure. So, again, that's that's the slippery slope of choice in right. the United States. Okay. And, I, I, it's a, again, it's the tough answer, but it's, it's the honest one. Other countries can do so because they don't have the built-in choice that we have as American citizens. What do you mean by that? So, you have... In by by birthright, by citizenship, by the founding of this country, you are granted the ability to choose everything you do. They don't in Belgium or France or Germany or Canada or so, Japan. But here's the thing: there are other there are other things that are ingrained in those things. Now, yes, you do have choices, but they're not necessarily as ingrained in the fi- and the fabric of what it of what it is to be uh, an American. Are you saying it's because those countries didn't write down on a piece of paper 200 years, 250 years ago, hey, you can have a gun? So Is that the reason why? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just being, yeah. I'm being blunt. Like, you have the ability, because we had just overthrown a tyrannical government, you have the right to overthrow a tyrannical government. And the second a government starts to ban these things... That's when we start to have problems in this country, okay? Because it's now an idea of taking away the fabric of why we were founded in the first place. Right. I mean, we've seen other countries overthrow tyrannical governments. France, Russia. We've seen it happen in other places. With our help. Well, <laughs> okay. But, but um, I don't think we helped too much in the French Revolution, no, but I, okay. no. Okay. So, but I'm just saying, like, it, it, I think assault weapon bans is a doable thing without infringing on the Second Amendment. I'm, I support the Second Amendment. I'm, I'm like you. I'm not a gun person either. 
Um, but I have tons of family and friends that are big sportsmen, love guns, and that's fine. That's fine. I love rap music. Not everybody does. That's fine too. Yeah. You don't have to. You know, I'm all about that trap life. But no, you don't have to be. You don't have to be. And that's fine. But just with the kids getting shot up in schools, and not just schools, everywhere anymore. And it it just seems to be a trend that it's these assault weapons that keep going over and over and over again. And I think we can have an assault weapon ban that doesn't infringe on our right to go hunting or our right to protect ourselves. I mean, if you wanted to overthrow a tyrannical government, that's fine. But what good's in semi-automatic AR-15 going to do against drones with nuclear weapons. And, and, and while that's true, and I mean, we, we do live in a completely different society, and I, and, and I concede that point. Um, my, my solution to, I don't necessarily, again, because it's a slippery slope once you start to pick and choose which weapons, guns that you want to ban. We know why you can't have weapons grade plutonium. Right. You know why you can't have a tank. Like, <laughs> like you know these things. <laughs> like, you know that you know that you can't have these things because, like, you if you fart on weapons grade plutonium, you could kill a hundred million people, right? Like, it's yeah, just yeah. and you know and you could really Turn hurt your yourself. Have you ever seen the movie Tank Girl? Yeah. I know you have. Tank like, you yeah, understand why it. you can't have a tank. So, <laughs> so, um, but when it comes to assault weapons, my Rather than ban them, because there are plenty of friends. I have a friend, a very good friend of mine, one of my closest friends, is a paratrooper. Was was a paratrooper. And he, him and I, like he's pretty moderate, but fairly liberal on everything but guns. And he literally says the only two things that, that get his dick hard are uh, is his wife and guns. Right? In that order? <laughs> it could be. It could be. It could be. But my, my point to that is, so um, not only is it ingrained in the fabric, but it's people like to do these things. So these assault weapons, these tragic things that have happened, you know, like look at the look at the one in Dayton, the the shooting in Dayton. The guy had a giant magazine that was that was three hundred rounds, right? It took it it, it it took it took him what like thirty seconds to unload these, or however much it was, however long it was, or thirty seconds to reload. So my answer to that is that. William Ruger, the founder of the, the, the company who makes money on selling guns and ammo, he said during the, the, the assault weapons ban in the mid-90s that no honest person needs more than 10 rounds to a magazine. Right. Okay? We all agree on that. So you Most ha- sportsmen agree yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 max, you max your magazine out at 10 rounds. Now, yes, a professional... Somebody who's trained and wants to just go and do all these things to, it, it would take, it would, so it would take three minutes to shoot 300 rounds as opposed to 30 seconds, right? Those, that, those, that time difference, that, those two minutes and 30 seconds could have been the difference in those people's lives in Dayton. Could be the difference in somebody's life in a school. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, 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 it's unfortunate that, this will never, ever, ever, ever end. But we can find ways to minimize the damage and eliminate as many potential opportunities as We're possible. We're coming up on the anniversary of 30 first graders and kindergartners getting killed a couple of weeks away. And I have a kindergartner. So it, it, and if nothing was done after that, Jesus Christ. I, listen, it, it's, it's, it's a heartbreak. It's tragedy. And it, it's, it's this. No parent should ever have to do that. That's the whole should ever have to bury their child because somebody, some jerk, walked into their school and shot 
the kill and killed their kid for the same. It's just it's just unacceptable. And I, I can't yeah. comprehend it. So, but you know, it's it's at the same time. You can't like there are so many mo- like this is the same concept of blaming blaming all terrorism's terrorism on Muslims when it's one percent of the of of Islam is is the same concept of wanting to ban all assault weapons because you've got all these hundreds of white right uh, excuse me right wing terrorists going in and shooting up uh, an olive an olive. Whatever the hell the thing was, Garden, yeah, <laughs> whatever it's called, yeah, like oh, these festivals, the all the tree of life, or well, no, 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 the olive festival that was in in California, that's what I was more referring oh, to. Oh, garlic festival, yeah, that's what it was. I Sorry, went to yeah, that. Yeah. I went to that, not that year. Yeah, well, thank God, to, thank God. Um, yeah, the Gilroy Garlic Festival. Yeah, yeah. it was awful, and now <laughs> it wasn't as bad as that. Well, year, I was saying, I think they've had worse years. I think they did. Yes, yeah. um, but you know, I it's just one of those things that to me, you can't let. A few bad apples spoil a bunch, but you you stop a lot of this by making it a little bit more difficult for them to be able to purchase a weapon by having to go through background checks, by having to if, if I wanted to buy a, a gun off of you, you and I would have to go to a sporting goods store. They t- take some thirty seconds to type your information in. They look up at you, you know, you, you, you give them your information. They okay here you pass a background check. Here you go, and then. Sorry, uh, you pass the background check. Here you go, and uh, here, it's going to cost twenty five bucks, seventy five bucks, whatever, w- right. whatever that store decides to charge, mm-hmm. and then you and I negotiate. Okay, I'm buying the gun. You pay fifty bucks. I'll pay twenty five. That kind of thing. Now, uh, Scott, yes, am I correct in uh, assuming you have some questions from? I've been I've been kind of plugging the them in, but I do have a couple questions. Um, okay, um, before we get into that, we're going to take one more quick break. Uh, okay, and then we will come back to those questions. Okay. Okay, so for our last segment here, I do have a couple questions from other people. Um, like I said, I'm I run the uh, Mercer County Young Democrats, mm-hmm. so I'm friends with a bunch of people. Uh, Judy Hines, she's the vice chair of the Mercer County Democratic Party, and Kim Powell is the newly elected uh, chair of the Democratic Women of Mercer County. Mm-hmm. So I asked them if they had any other questions, and they had a couple. Um, the first one is, what civic community organizations are you active in slash belong to? So um, the only answer to that is I am active in the Democratic Party, but not like you guys are. Okay, like mm-hmm. I, I support the Democratic Party from have previously from afar. I, mm-hmm. I, I've been I, um, I guess that doesn't really technically count, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll say I, I've actually I worked on John Kerry's campaign when I was sixteen years old. Okay, I volunteered. I've I canvassed with uh, our current state rep, state representative, Mark Longjetti. Mm-hmm. Him and I, at 16 years old, I went and knocked doors with him. And I remember he had a, uh, an electoral college uh, sweater on. Like, you know, like it said Harvard or something. But it's just said electoral college. Um, I, 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 I am a member of the Freemasons. Okay. Um, I do not know where the bodies are buried. I do not know where the... That's exactly <laughs> what you'd say if you did, though. Uh, <laughs> Um, I don't, I, I'm not high enough up in, uh, I'm not high enough up in the, in, uh, in the, in the fraternity to, uh, to know who, who the Holy Grail is or what the Holy Grail is. But, um, I am relatively active, not as active as I would like to be. Um, because unfortunately in the last five years of the previous job that I had that we talked about, that's a 60 hour minimum a week job Whoa. that 
Yeah, so you're there a lot. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't previously been as active in other community uh, organizations as I would like to have been. Are you religious? Do you belong to? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm Catholic. Okay. I'm Roman Catholic. Um, I went to and I I went to Kennedy Catholic High School. I went to St. Joe's when it was still there. Um, I graduated from Lord's University in Toledo, well, suburban Toledo, Sylvania, Ohio, okay. which is a Franciscan Catholic college. And I graduated with my master's degree from Gannon University. Okay. So I'm not the most pious person in the history of the world, but I, I, I am a Catholic. Yes. But more than Adam. <laughs> way, more, way more than Adam. <laughs> Significantly higher. Yeah, and, I, and Adam knows me on a certain level. It's like I had leaned <laughs> agnostic on a lot of things in a lot of ways and had argued that for a long time. Um, but I had several things happen in the last few years that have sort of altered oh, that. Oh, preached into the choir, literally <laughs> and figuratively here, yeah. because I'm also Roman Catholic. I go to Notre Dame Church. Mm-hmm. But the whole abuse scandal thing really left a bad taste in my mouth mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. that whole thing. We won't get into that. That's right. a whole yeah, other yeah, podcast. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. Okay. So next question is, uh, what is your one vision that will help bring jobs for young people to the district? Sure. So it's basically like a combination of the two biggest things that I feel as though I can do better than anybody else. Number one, like I said, my ability to cold call on all these companies start, whether it be finding ways to get these companies to start up, uh, companies that I even hear through the grapevine are considering leaving wherever they're at. Okay. I will, I want to be actively involved with county executives, county, uh, commissioners to mayors, city council members to find space for these companies. Have, know what we've got, you know, certain places. And then when I call on ABC Battery because I hear they want to leave, you know, wherever, Michigan, okay, and, uh, you know, find, okay, well, I've got the perfect spot for you. I, as the congressman for this district, I'm going to give you a tour of this facility with the mayor of the city, city council, and the, the county commissioners, right. okay? So I want to use that experience. But – the number one focus on all things economic moving forward are green technologies and green jobs. So, yeah, would we accept Sherwin-Williams? Absolutely. Would we accept Amazon coming here? Absolutely. Like, that would alter the way uh, – they'd have to fit into a few other things, programs for me. They have to pay more than the $15 an hour for somebody like Amazon because the, 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 they really, really work their workers to the bone. But that's neither here nor there. The future of all manufacturing is going to be green technologies. The batteries for the zero for the zero emission cars, um, the things that are going to be going that direction. Also, that kiosk that I talked about is going to be in McDonald's in ten years, where you're not going to have the person behind the counter. Somebody has to build it. Why can't it be that person that li- that works here? Why can't we bring that place here? So find ways to innovate for technological advances to put us on the cutting edge of technology, not just green technology, but the entirety of the technology moving forward. We will never, ever, ever be Silicon Valley, but we can be, but we can be Silicon Valley Junior. All right. Next question is kind of a two-parter. Um, what are your thoughts on free college education? Or, and then second part is comprehensive 
early childhood education for all. So you got two ends of the spectrum yeah. to make it free. So I feel as though the first step right now, we do have a huge economic crisis of student loans in this country. Okay. Um, the fact that colleges for the last, I don't know, 15 plus years have been allowed to raise their tuition 9.9% every year without telling you until you were ready to re-enroll. That's absolutely an atrocity. Okay. So we need to wipe out all college debt that if we were able to bail out these, these banks with $1.6 trillion, however, however long ago it was, what, 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Who I understand why we did it, but forget about the, the other politics behind it. If the, ironically, Students owe $1.6 trillion in student loan debt. So if we can wipe that out for these very, very, very profitable companies, why can't you do it for the working and middle class folks who need it? Okay, so that's step one. And number two, to put the second part of the, to the, to your first part of your question, I do not support free college for everybody. Okay. I feel as though if you're going to go be a public servant, like you're going to go be a teacher, you're going to go be a cop. You're going to go, you know, you join the military, then you get out. Those kinds of things. I feel as though you should, uh, we, we should, yes, you should have free four-year education. Um, I do think that we need to raise the level of education from comprehensive early childhood education all the way through high school because your zip code should never dictate what you learn in this country. You, we need to actually give authority to the Department of Education to figure out exactly what students need to be learning, and then you teach up to those things. Once you graduate high school today, you need to know to compete what you needed to learn when you had a four-year degree 15, 20 years ago. So it needs to be something that's ever-evolving, number one. It's not just set in stone. So I would ideally like... All people, excuse me, all high school students over the next 10 years, 15 years, we will have, once you, gra you're, you're, once you graduate high school, and then maybe we have to expand it to, to community college, maybe, to have the equivalent of a current bachelor's degree level of knowledge. So that would, to me, it's not, because number one, if you have a college degree now, it's worth so much less than it was 15 years ago. So not only are you borrowing so much money, it doesn't really mean anything. Now you tell me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and it, 15 years from now, it'll continue to get worse, especially if everybody's allowed to have one. Like you just give them away for free. Because a high school diploma, when I, I mean, I don't know how old all of your guys' parents are, but my, my dad graduated high school in 1973. You could have a high school diploma back then. And, and have a, a fantastic job and make decent money and pay and have a savings and, and have uh, buy a house. You can't now. It's okay, boomer. They could. Yes. They could, but you can't that's, that's the part that makes us mad. Yeah. Because yeah. we can't. Right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I appreciate the idea of wanting all these people to have college degrees. But it sullies those that actually have them. So you need to take that where you want them to be educationally and move it to what is already mandatory. I'm not saying everybody needs to have like a business degree by the time they graduate high school. What I'm saying is, is the core curriculums, the things that we know that we need to compete internationally, that becomes the standard. And again, Meadville High School should not be learning something different 
than Butler High School, than Sharon High School, than Farrell High School, than and I don't know, you know, if Hamptons have a public school, but I'm sure that theirs is probably pretty high end. They're pretty, you know, they should all public schools in this country should be learning the same things at the same times as everybody else, give or take a few things here. You got any other questions, Adam? Um, I don't think off the top of my head regarding politics, I have any other question. I think okay, you have wholeheartedly made everybody clear as to where you stand on pretty much everything as far as i can think of uh, that's my goal that's my goal no bullshit yeah like that's i want you to know where i stand on everything you don't have to like it i'm gonna be honest with you that's my i, I will tell you exactly how i feel and that's i will fair, have those man. tough questions i will answer those tough questions i will have the tough conversations if you, you know you're not gonna like the answers all the time but you'll always know that they're honest with me well, here's it's the fair. question that I, that I need to know if I'm going to like this or not. So you were a member of the Movie Guys podcast. You've taken a step back from that now? or Yes. Is it, are you going to be back to it in the future? So let me, let me first expl- ex- express this. Okay. Movie Guys podcast, I, I loved doing it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved doing it. Mm-hmm. We had a shtick. We got drunk. We talked about movies. We got, we got drunk, we watched the movie, we got drunk, we talked about the movies, and we were caricatures of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I was on the show, but what was on the show is a caricature You were playing of me. a character. I was, yes. I know, yes. I, I can, we can relate to that. I, I play a character all the time yes. on the show. Yeah, I honestly yes. do. This is the real me. Okay. <laughs> the person that was on Movie Guys Podcast was a was a caricature. Of, it was me, but it was a caricature that's very... Playing a part. Yes, yes. Playing, playing a Makes role. sense, yes. makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Did you I, ever turn heel? <laughs> All the time. Okay, okay, All right. the time, yes. All right. Well, this is you then. I'm asking this to you, mm-hmm. not the caricature on the uh, Movie Guys podcast. Favorite movie. And you can do three, you can do five, because it's hard to pick your favorite kid. Yes. Favorite movies. I have this. important. In this is in this particular order, the top three. Okay. Godfather 2. And is it one to three? or no, Yes, this is, this, is, this is one to three. Okay. Yes. Number one, Godfather 2. Number two, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And number three, Godfather 1. You like two better than one. I love two better than one. Wow. Michael yeah. in two is the I, I would greatest agree. character I, I, in the I history of two film. two is better than one. Two is very I, I good, did. but one. I'm I like surprised. One. I would, I'm surprised Star Wars wasn't on that list. So Star Wars is the most influential movie in my personal life ever. Like that entire, yeah. the entire franchise. Like I can... I know things about that franchise that no human should know that didn't write the damn thing. Okay. <laughs> but you write fan fiction. <laughs> you I might, I might as well. Bad. I might as well have. Yeah. Um, Don't let Disney know. Listen, yeah, JJ, JJ, Mike Kelly's listening to this. He's a nerd. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, well, Mike Kelly's a Trekkie. No, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Kidding. Um, so star Wars to me is the most influential in my personal life for several reasons. Um, I had some, personal things happen, some transformations that happen. And that's why to me, star Wars was always personal. And that's why, and I'll get, and I will get into this. If you'd like the last Jedi is not a star Wars film. And if elected to Congress, I vow my first action will be to remove it from Canon, no matter what happens. (laughs) And regardless of political blowback, (laughs) but no, uh, Godfather two to me, Michael is the great, that's the greatest character in the history of film. Michael, Michael and two. Um, and, a tree grows in Brooklyn. If you've never read the book, it's it's you don't need to to watch the movie. 
it's just even as an adult, I'm, I'm 31. I can watch the movie from the 40s, and there's a there's a there's a, a like a climax at sort of like three quarters of the way through the movie. I still cry like a baby, still. And I'm I'm man enough to admit that I cried watching that movie. And then obviously Godfather One is like, you know, forget it's kind about of a masterpiece. It. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question. Okay. I have a question. My question is, what are your thoughts? On Baby Yoda. And there is a right answer. There is a right answer. answer. So, okay, it's not Yoda like people are talking about. Now, Lucas never named the species. It's not Frankenstein either. It's Frankenstein's monster. But for argument's sake. Okay, okay, all right. Okay. Let me put my nerd glasses on here. So so I, I have mixed things about it. I love the idea. Like, just to see a Mandalorian... In all its glory, like it's it's beautiful to finally like to see outside of the things that people didn't know about this history of the, yeah. the Mandalorians, you know, from from them attacking the what was left of the Republic during the old Republic, you know, to to being destroyed. Like now we we know that they've been bounty hunters, we know they're mercenaries. Like to see sort of where they've been outside of Boba Fett being in canon, right? So to see where they're at, I love that idea, and I love that the, he's the guy's kind of ruthless, yeah, to a certain degree. And I did just finish last night the most recent episode because I was in DC uh, this past weekend, so I wasn't able to see. The, I'm on episode the, three. I uh, finished episode three. I'm through right, that. So I won't, I won't tell you that. But this I next, appreciate it. this next episode will probably be your most favorite. It's my favorite. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I do have, I do, I love the idea. I hate that the thing's a force wielder, but it had to be. Kind of. It had to be. The correct answer was, it is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my entire (laughs) life. Nothing, even a puppy playing with a baby kitten is is not more adorable than Baby Yoda. Then wait till you see the frog scene in this next episode. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) I'm a Disney fanboy. They could do no wrong in my eyes, but... That, again, that's another podcast. That's yeah. every podcast, actually. Yeah, absolutely. We usually do. We've kind of been doing uh, reviews of each episode, not as they come out, as mm-hmm. we record. I think we're on episode three. We have to do next, um, which so far between the three of them has been my favorite mm-hmm. up until now. Just with spoilers, old bounty sure. hunter scenes. Sure, yeah, yeah. Bounty is just jetting over things, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Every every Mandalorian has a jetpack except for Mando. <laughs> Every one of them are flying in the air fighting, and he's the only one stuck on the ground. Like I gotta get me one of those. <laughs> well, did you 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 were, you watch Thrones, right? Yeah. So um, you know who's playing who's playing him, right? Uh, Pedro Pascal. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I can't remember. He's who he the. Who he play? What's his name from Dorne? Yeah. The, oh. The, 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 oh okay. the Prince of Dorne who got his face smashed in yeah. by the yeah, mountain. Yeah. 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 So it's 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 he doesn't need a he doesn't need a jetpack he because he's a water dancer he can dance and fly, <laughs> you know as he's as he's like fighting. True. Yeah, Sorry, true. I, I just I just two I just merged two nerd things right there. Sorry about that, guys. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> the ultimate in nerdiness. Yes, yes. that's what the show is all about. Mm-hmm. So, if the people, Edward, mm-hmm. want to support you, mm-hmm. if they want to find out more information, get a hold of you, ask questions, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
where can they go? I'm sure you have a website, social medias, what yeah, have you. Yeah, so my website is edwarddesantis.com. I know that's a little bit uh, they go for most people, but uh, um, on Facebook, it's just Edward PA 16 or on Twitter and Instagram, it's Edward underscore PA 16. Um, but it's, it's, it's spelled exactly like it, like it sounds E D W A R D D E S A N T I S dot com. Okay. Do you, uh, accept, uh, support from anybody? Donations. Do you have, donations, Do you have a treasurer? Like so, that? um, this is a very skin and bones campaign at this okay. point. Um, it, I have me and two other people, uh, two other, light volunteers i shall say who are helping me with some of the the books and stuff like that because this is being out here doing this this is what i like to do i don't i'm not like a books kind of like a a quick books kind of person um but i do have two people that are helping helping me with that um i am i will never ever 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 take a penny from a lobbyist or a corporate or a corporate donation i don't care if they give me 10 million dollars i it'll it'll kick me right in the tail but like i will give it back to them because you can I, just give it to four your distraction yeah, yeah. <laughs> because and, because and we go, do we do take it. and then what you can do is you give it to us we can get better equipment and then you'll just use our show whenever you want to make an announcement i'm fine with that yeah, we'll have the next fireside chats but yes. like the but congressman DeSantis, we'll yeah, do that yeah 100 well ed Thank you very much yes, for coming thank you on. so much. It took a long time. Thank I've been you. berating you forever to do it. And it took you, like I said, entering the political race mm-hmm. for you to come on the show. And I hope to have you back. And I hope you win. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate absolutely hope that. you win. Thank you. Um, why don't if, you, Adam, why don't you let the people know how they can get a hold of our show? These people, if you're listening for the first time, you just wanted to hear... The future congressman here. You want to hear a little bit about him? That's great. But you can always listen to us any time yeah. of the year. We've got 160 plus other episodes you can listen to, and more on the way. For distraction at gmail.com. If you want to email us about what you thought of this conversation, if you'd like to hear more of them, or if you just want to shout out and show your support to Ed. Once again, for distraction at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Search for distraction at podcast fyd we are on soundcloud and we're on itunes so search for a distraction rate us like us comment on us share us with your friends the only way we grow is if you guys help us grow um scott why don't you go ahead and thank the uh group that sent in some of the questions oh right um kim and judy from the mercer county democrat party and the democratic women of mercer county for sending in some great questions. Thank you guys so much. I'm sure they'll be listening. So, oh, Real quick, real yes. quick. Sorry. Sorry. I, no, that's I, was, I, was, about I was actually going to ask you, have any yeah. final thoughts? So um, my kick camp, I don't, I don't know when you're going to post this, but my campaign kickoff, right? Even though I've been running now, I'm having a, a party. For, you guys are all invited. The entire four year distraction verse is, oh, is invited. Um, is it's it gonna, open bar. It, it's not open bar. Um, <laughs> but I refuse Will be when I get there. I refuse to charge people to come and meet me. Okay. okay. I want to, I want to emphasize that you will. It's, this is not a fundraiser. If it was a fundraiser, I'd tell you and it would be like X number of dollars a plate, but this is a, this is not a fundraiser. Uh, December 28th, 7 to 10 p.m., Ventise Winery in, uh, in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. I will have the event. You just go on my Facebook page, like my Facebook page, and you'll see the, uh, you'll see the event pop up. Uh, but, and also, uh, the Democratic Women's, Women's Breakfast, um, is the 
18th, I believe. Something I'm like sending, I'm sending, I'm sending those two soft delegates of mine to go to the breakfast. Um, because I will holiday brunch. Yeah, holiday brunch. It yes. is Saturday, December fourteenth. Four, yes, ten a.m. to mm-hmm. noon on Cravings, right here yep. where we're recording the show. Yep. Yeah. I will. Uh, I'm sending a delegation because unfortunately I have to be out of the state at that particular moment for my day job. But I, I'm making sure that there's a presence there for right. for us as well. So. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. If you want to meet Ed, there you go. Edward's Facebook page like it. And you you, you can uh, there there is a there is a bar that you can pay for wine. There's craft beer. Uh, I've got a uh, I've got a guy who's going to be slinging uh, slinging homemade pizzas. I got a DJ. You know, so it's I'm pay, I'm paying for the, I'm paying for those two things for you to come hang out with me, Ed DeSantis. And uh, but you got to you you got to unfortunately you got to you got to pay for the pizza. And you got to pay for the wine. I can't. I, always a catch. I can't afford to pay for There's all of those things. But, a catch. but yeah, politicians. yes, yes, all of us, all of us. But it is not a fundraiser, and I'm not charging a single person to show up. You here, folks? If you want to come party with Ed and for your distraction, there you go. Thank you, Ed, once again. Scott, as always, it's been great. Until next time, Adam.